1: Hello, folks, and welcome to the Metallica Report. I'm Stefan Shirazi, editor of the band's So What magazine.
0: And I'm Renee Richardson, director of philanthropy for Metallica's foundation, all within my hands. This is your official weekly Metallica podcast, the only inside source, bringing you all the news from the band's HQ and studios deep in the heart of Northern California. All right, you guys. Thanks for joining us again. We're into part two at HQ. It has been truly special to be able to do our pod on location. And for you, Steph, certainly closer to home, right?
1: Correct. Because we are back at HQ, uh, deep in the heart of Roswell, Northern California. As you will recall, last week's episode came to you from these comfy armchairs in the middle of the jam room at HQ, where we had a few of the mighty HQ team rolling on through, and Rob Trujillo even zoomed in to be uh, part of the shenanigans.
0: Kind of a fun day at work, wasn't it, Ray, don't you think? Oh my God, yeah. And you might also remember that we promised you we would spend this week taking you on a walk-around tour of the entire HQ building with my former cubicle mate, Content and network met on tour main man and HQ veteran Jeff Yeager as our guide.
1: gather and walk the corridors of HQ, shall we?
0: Let's do it. Which way should we go first?
1: Let's go to... Let's go this way, which is towards the workshop. Let's go towards the workshop. This fantastic... My word. I mean, if ever you needed anything mechanical repaired, right?
0: Yes. (laughs) And we're talking for all instruments, for anything, even here in the building. This shop has everything.
1: How many drawers are in there? I mean, I don't know what's in them. I'm afraid to open them. That would be Zach Harmon territory, right? That's... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, Zach Harmon, who is, I, I mean, I guess he's the band's, I call him like the stage manager. He's basically the band's equipment manager, but yeah. within
2: our organization, he's, he is the fifth member because he handles everything that deals with the
1: band. Yeah. And he's been, I mean, he's been around since the mid-80s. Correct. Yeah, I, I remember him coming from Armored Saint. Yes, it yes is. indeed. Go on, Renee. What do you see? I,
0: well, I was going to say, you know, when I first came on here, this is where I first met Avi, and he was always back here tinkering with things and, and helping out.
1: And it's nice to see that there are two hammers on the wall, Cliff. You will always be remembered, Cliff Burton, of course. Always famously carried a hammer on tour, which is very important. If you're in a rock and roll band, you must always have a hammer. So we have two of them here: one with a rubber head, one with a full metal head. Of course, there's wires. There's there's a prototype guitar here.
0: I was just going to ask you about that. We have a prototype of the ESP shaped Snakebite, right? Snakebite sounds good. But what's <laughs> but what's cool is this. This
1: feels very much like it feels kind of like a clubhouse in its own way, right? This is like a kind of a an ultimate man cave because you got tools you got a giant tv right
2: well pretty much when the band bought the building and moved in they made it their clubhouse yeah 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 yeah
1: absolutely and this is a full annex of it yes a giant shield than ulrich shield
2: we had a contest and so what magazine to create a shield a coat of arms
1: the ulrich coat of arms it's a pretty massive piece of work it's beautiful
0: i have another question the smash guitar this one what's the history of this one who knows that story that i don't know oh
1: and that's the thing. When you wander around HQ, this is the thing you've got to know. This, I mean, we've been coming into this building. I mean, uh, uh, Jeff and I have been coming into this building since it was born, right? But there's always something new that you notice. You're like, I haven't noticed that. I mean, I'm just looking up at some of James's art, not framed art above a storage room. Well, a very important room, I might say, that holds all sorts of audio archival material, which is uh, pretty cool. But that's the thing. Let's go wandering on. So you'll notice that the sound is a little more uh, echoey. That's because we are in the middle of... It's kind of like, I suppose, a connective corridor area, right? We've got.
0: Yeah, sure. This is a it's loading.
1: Loading dock. To my right, there's the control room where all the music is recorded. There is there's the remnants. You remember those Halloween parties?
2: Yes, we we had very big Halloween parties here,
1: and we still have a very very big skull we've got ball heads, we've got, wow, there's all sorts of stuff.
0: I was going to talk about the the painting, I think, that Jenna did of Greg Fiddleman, which is a beautiful, realistic, life-like painting of Greg Fiddleman with with his headphones on, which I think is adorable. And
1: Jenna being one of our fantastic team who works uh, as a core merch team person, but also a great artist. And I like the fact that right near Greg's painting is one of those inspirational posters, (laughs) which says dream, dream big and dare to fail, I dare you. And that quote according to this poster is by James Hetfield of Metallica with an eagle and a nest. I think that someone might be having fun with us here. (laughs) That's what I feel. The next time we speak to James, I'm going to ask him about his line in motivational posters. (laughs) But I think the placement of it is pretty interesting. It suggests it's a joke. So, okay, we're wandering into the kitchen. The kitchen, dining room, all sorts of stuff happens here. I remember sitting at that table with Lars and James when Lou Reed walked in and being able to bullshit my way into sticking around and watching that whole thing happen because we were told not to be around when Lou Reed came into the room and I just happened to be there.
0: And this, for certainly anybody that watched the documentary, Some Kind of Monster, this is probably the most iconic setting because the chairs are familiar and the the room is familiar. So I remember when I first came here and walked in and I was like, oh, oh, this is here. This is... Is really where we are and it was kind of like a trip to be in it you know
1: yeah i mean you'll remember talk about your some kind of monster experience here and then
0: well they were making saint anger
2: and that's when i came on full time and so i was here during the last part of making saint anger so i was here when the film crew was here and all that
1: stuff so it was very interesting times, yes indeed, <laughs> but then we very quickly got used to them being all over the building and they did an amazing job with that film you have to say yeah I mean it was incredible the stuff they got is yeah. you
0: know do you but think I can imagine in it was a oh. very different feeling right It was Most definitely, yeah crazy
1: i mean I, when you I mean I know about you and I I would like to know about you in relation to this. I always associate this building with that project more than anything. What about you? You've got a different relationship because you're I here a, all the
2: time. I have a different relationship because I, you know, I, I'm here, not every day, but you know I'm here a lot of the times. And before I started going on tour, I was always on the fan club side of the building. And you don't come to the band side of the building unless you were told to come to the band side right. building. It was
0: very much divided. Yeah, so it was divided, yeah. yeah. That's- and then also, since then, I'm going to speak for you a little bit. Jeff does so many things for all of us that, like you're saying, it, it, it probably has evolved so much for you. You know, because this is a place of work and this is where things break. Well, not only that,
2: but my role within the organization has grown and changed a lot. And what I equate this building now is the band writing and recording, which I document everything that
1: they do. And I mean, Jeff works hard and we should go to the kitchen Yes, because the kitchen has changed a little bit. The snacks have changed.
2: The snacks have definitely changed
1: all right so jeff should we get into the snacks do you yes, want to we should we're here now the
0: snacks yeah again i'm going to go back to my experience of coming here and 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 as jeff said you know the rooms are very separate the working side is over there and then you come in this side and this is where the band lives and does their work and is creative and the snacks on this table are just i'm sure quite elevated from a time long ago where the snacks were maybe like doritos but now <laughs> we've got power curls almond butter we've got those think bars got probably some of the best chocolate peanut butter cups you will ever eat in your life it's all very healthy isn't it it's become come on jeff it's
1: it, become it is, a lot healthier yeah
2: um, most definitely
1: right it has become healthier so I, renee has something to t- renee I, has something to tell I, you renee about the milk. Has now
2: open the fridge and for those of you that can't see us right now yeah
0: every kind of milk you got your almond milk you got your oat milk you got your oat creamer you got regular milk Somebody is doing a pressed juice cleanse right now, so that's good to see. Don't know who it is. I, am I right? Uh, Renee, I think you should open the freezer. Oh, God. <laughs> is there a hand in here?
1: Oh, wow. Oh, oh I haven't had one of those. The
0: in- I haven't had
1: one of those yet. These are enlightened ice cream bars.
0: Later, I'll have it at
1: lunchtime. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you.
0: I'm ready, but not quite now. So this is the collaboration we did with Enlightened Healthy Ice Cream. They keep diabetes in check with their products, and they also do soy and, and all different flavors. But we modeled the ice cream bar after the. ESP Truckster. Yes. And yeah, and proceeds from this collaboration go to All Within My Hands for Excellent. our Feeding the Hunger program.
1: And it's nice to know that the band have got a few a few boxes. Yes.
0: It's great. Yeah.
1: Am I right in saying this? That fridge really started to change when Kirk started to get like really into his juices and and the, I mean I remember Almost that being definitely, a, yeah. a switch point was when Kirk started getting much healthier. Okay. Um In his ingestions Mm -hmm. Yeah Yeah And uh, it's followed suit Because of course You know Without making this A health pod The whole band Are now into They're pretty healthy So But Kirk was the catalyst Yeah
0: When they are here Recording and and Doing all the the Many things they need To do as a band A chef comes in So that meals are Provided for them And everybody has Their things that they like So the chef has to be Flexible to It's pretty much like It is on tour One such chef I'm just going to Mention Karina Because she's the greatest She was working in merch you know she was the one who would pack up your shirts and things and send them out and then also had this wonderful dream of becoming a chef so she would tag team do some chef work here in this kitchen and subsequently has moved on to open her own restaurant just down the road which is really cool and karina's hot sauce i just noticed still on the door excellent (laughs) very good
1: so we're walking into the club side of things hey
0: michaela hey 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 (laughs) Making sure that you'll pick up. Tell the good people what your role here as is.
2: A lot of shipping, receiving, sending, good old care packages out. Yeah, just being around.
0: It's a very busy building. Like you'd be surprised. You know that doorbell rings. There's things coming and going. People wanting to pick up things or drop things off. So
1: yeah, there's a lot of packages going in yeah. and out of this place, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of packages. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. All right. Let's keep on wondering. Why don't we why don't you take us to your yeah. your cave? Come on. To
2: my cave? Yes.
1: Yeah.
2: This is my Jeff's domain. This is yeah, this is this is my cubicle. I call it a cave. <laughs> this is the second location I've been in this building. Yeah. Yeah. But as We used to
0: sit next to each other. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he, I, I had a roomie. He hated it upstairs. when I moved in. <laughs>
1: You have your Forbidden Planet poster. Very cool. And obviously, a lot of Star Wars stuff. A lot of Star Wars stuff. A lot of Star Wars stuff, which in and of itself, we could take up another pod. talk. Well, it would have to be a long pod. That would have to be a long pod, yeah. Yeah, and you know what? If someone asks for it, we can do it. We well, can do it. <laughs> right. Talk about Jeff and his Star Wars fandom. Yeah, why not? All right, let's head back into this. This room is very interesting. It's the final room on, on this side of the downstairs floor yeah. of HQ. And at one point, this was the absolute merch nerve center. This is where it all happened. This is a blackened kind of personal storage space. Yeah. For like, you know, for when the guys come in and they want to look after people and they yeah. want to like take care Just of friends. Just have stuff and, handy yeah, as which needed. Is- In this room this this was the old old shipping room and this is where everything used to come out
2: this this was yeah this is the back room this was the pick and pack room yeah so when we used to ship orders from hq it would be all in this room
1: yeah yeah and 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 a lot of uh good music was played back here
2: A lot of good music was played back here by the pick and packers yeah
1: pretty cool it's pretty cool i'm looking up we're about to walk back out the doors i'm looking up at the door hinge and there is a saint Anger sticker obviously from back in the day like it's uh it's faded and peeled and cracked but it reminds us of when this place was was the nerve center for for your merch all right let's wander back out and let's go upstairs here just to complete this side of the building
0: And we're back. We're going to continue our walk around HQ because we're upstairs. We just left the office area of the building and we're about to go back through the band side of the building. It's a bit of a maze, but follow along.
1: You want to go in there? I, I Well, should we? This is the, is this the nerve center? Well, this is, this is called the server room. That's yeah. that, the nerve center. It's loud. Well, let's just hear the sound of a. a... All right. Just listen to the sound of Metallica's servers. Everything we do is driven by this noise, right? Pretty much. Yeah. Does that, how many how many locks does this door have?
2: That's two. Wow.
1: A lot, right? We have a lot running through here, yeah. A lot running. Yeah, we don't want to build it up too much. No, 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 no. And As a matter of fact, maybe we'll just leave and pretend we don't, weren't in here at all. <laughs> we are now walking along... Another long corridor, a lot of corridors in this building, as happens. But these were the individual, What well, they are the individual apartments that were built for the band to stay in. I'm standing outside a door which says Papa Het. Uh, Dirty Donny came in and uh, did the artwork that I'm looking at on the door, which is Hot Roddy. And James talks about this in, in, in both his books, actually, both the, the car book and the guitar book. Both of those have him talking about Dirty Donny and what he did here. This door remains permanently shut, except for interlopers like us in half an hour. Um, but, you know, James doesn't... Let's just say, James doesn't come and take his naps here anymore. No nap time for James in this room anymore. But it was built... It was one of the rooms that was built for, you know, for the band, and that was his. That's where he would hang out when he first came. Um less
0: interesting toilet.
1: <laughs> it's interesting. Although
0: it's very low, <laughs> a,
1: a fantastic little sort of diorama of a tabby cat with James's head on it, which I think is is kind of great. This next room I'm looking into. This was Kirk's room, and Dirty Donny had painted. Uh, he had like surfers in here, right? Surfing yeah, gremlins it was, or it something. There was,
2: it was uh, surfing on this right-hand wall, yeah. and there was like a fire pit circle thing That's on it. that wall.
1: That's it. Yeah. And so, the, but this one's changed, and one of the management team. I see that Bob's big boy hanging off the the upside down. Off. The, these are things you notice. There's so many little trinkets and weird, weird but cool things. This room at the end was probably or the. Pinaldo Burdend was one of the most used rooms by any band member, I think. This was Rob Trujillo's pad, but it has now become a second sort of a control room or a third or a fourth. I don't know. How many fucking well, control if, rooms do we have so,
2: now? So this is Robert's room, and if you remember from Some Kind of Monster, yeah. him rehearsing the songs on the boombox, this is the room that he was, he was in. He yeah. yeah. Stefan alluded to earlier how Robert stayed here the most. Yeah. Yes, he slept here yeah. in this room. Yeah.
0: And as I remember it, it was basically a mattress on the floor. It was pretty low. Yeah, it was a, it was a futon bed. A futon bed. It was a yeah. futon bed. Really so it was like co- collegiate looking. Yeah, very, very. Futon collegiate.
1: was always the fancy word yeah. for yeah. mattress on the floor, right?
2: So, <laughs> come on. So Robert no longer stays here, and then this room has now sort of been transformed into an editing station.
1: Oh, right. good. Well, you think that was the end, but there's one more person. Yeah. Whose room is at the end of another corridor? So many corridors, and of course, this final room will be at the end of the corridor, <laughs> because it's got to be the final room up here, yeah. right? It's got to be the one.
0: Yeah.
1: Should we go a little closer than fifteen yeah. feet from it? Reaching Do you think? Me
0: what it says will
1: there be a giant fist that will come and punch us as we come? The guests stay away. All right. We are standing outside a room that has a stool, a pair of Adidas sneakers, <laughs> some black clothing. A little bit of gaffer tape with Helveter Productions, and if he was on the other side of that door, he'd be uh, coming out and correcting our pronunciation, of course. Oh. Should we? I mean, do you think do you think the listeners can guess who we're talking about? Who who would be behind this door?
0: It, well, it's it's also got a peak pole, which is interesting. <laughs> But, yeah, this is Lars. So so is Lars. Lars So is Lars can see
1: if he actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he also does actually use this room quite a lot. It has to be said. This is a sanctuary escape for him from all the, um, well, it's not exactly madness here, but if he needs a quiet spot, do some meetings, whatever. Yeah. He still hangs in here quite a lot. So at this point, he is the band member who uses his private space the most, right? Is that fair to say? Most
2: definitely, yes. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, well, we're going down the back stairs now, and that's the thing. You can, it's kind of a little bit like a maze. You can sneak around, and you know, you can avoid areas if you
0: need to. So we're going down the back stairs now. I have one more question for that Jeff might know. Mm. Uh, in the building of this place, was it was it one section first and then piecemeal together, or was this did this kind of all come together? At so
2: once b- before the band bought the building, this was a recording studio and rehearsal space. Okay. So It had the bones for that. So it had the bones that. And the band actually rehearsed here along with other bands like Journey, Santana, okay. Grateful Dead. So the front side where we did the fan club and management offices, those all used to be isolation rooms. Okay. So when people would come and record, you know, a guitar parts. or a violin and they needed, you know, a you know, real quiet spot to do it, that's where they did it. So when the band bought the building they wanted to have their fan club and offices in the front. So that all got torn up. Okay. So really, since, since the band bought the building, the front side where the fan club and the offices are has been the most transformative spot in the building. Control room, Studio A, Studio B, and jam room, for the most part, are pretty much the same. When we get to Studio A, we, we can talk about how Studio A has, has transformed evolved. over the years. Yeah. yeah,
1: I remember doing a, a roundtable, actually, in one of those isolation rooms before they bought it, when they were still just tiring and working out of it. Little did we know that they would own it. And now we're entering the control room. So I'm walking in and looking to my left. If any of you have James's Messengers book, I'm standing staring at the end endpapers. Uh, you'll have seen the photograph of those guitars. I'm staring at them right now. As a matter of fact, I could reach out and touch them. I'm not going to. I think one of the things I want to ask you about, actually, I've never really asked you, is you constantly... When they're recording, you're constantly filming everything in here as much as for their reference, right? So as if Lars needs to needs to go back to something that happened he can consult your footage is that right
2: mostly mostly it's either greg or sarah will say hey can you pull up the band playing such and such song i need to see what lars was actually doing and what was he was hitting got it so That's yeah right. so not so not only is it documentary but it's also referencing
1: there's two massive speakers here but there's these tiny little out of reference speakers and those are the speakers i like listening to the playbacks on the most The smallest ones, I I, I hear better out of those. It seems to be clearer, but there's there's speakers for all tastes, is kind of the point.
0: Speakers. And to
1: the point of my uh, audio engineering ignorance, I'm looking at a massive pile of racks and buttons and God knows, which is quite comforting because it, it shows you that not everything is digital, digital, digital. Not everything's on a computer. I mean, it, it isn't. No. But no. So, but anyway, this is the nerve center. This is where Greg tirelessly works, it has to be said. All right, we are about to walk into Studio A, heralded as we are by a Danish flag. This is very cool. Jeff can probably give the history of this, but I will say that it is a small sort of constructed with baffles and kind of it's like it's kind of like a a cabana almost the studio cabana. Uh, But it's I mean, you have direct eye contact with the back of the monitors. I think Greg could peek at you through between them, but you're as close to the the aquarium because it says above this glass. Don't feed the fish, because we are looking. We're looking through into the control room uh, from this isolation booth. But uh, this is where a lot of the magic happens with this, him, right? This is our vocal booth. Yeah. Okay.
2: And when we were doing Death Magnetic, we actually bought like an isolation booth mm-hmm. for James to do vocals, and it was very
0: small and it's kind
2: got- of a little claustrophobic.
0: Yes, I've been in those before.
2: So, Zach, being who he is, built this out of foam, you know, with Greg's help. So, yeah, so this is a a permanent installation. Right here is James' vocal booth.
0: And it's appropriately covered with
1: banners. And it's got more banners, yes. And and I have to say, I think what's really huge significance is that Yes. It's a Brazilian banner that's in the back, and it's a massive impression of Cliff back there, which obviously I'm sure that many of you can figure out that's uh, an inspirational thing for James, based on that famous uh, Ross Halfin picture with the two fists out and uh, Cliff just looking straight ahead. But it's uh, it's it's pretty cool. There's also, I'm going to say, is that a Polish flag? What is that one? I believe so, yes. Yeah, I think it is a Polish flag is in there as well. So, All right, let's move back through. There's an Argentinian flag here. We're going to be here. Oh, there's another Polish flag. Goodness gracious. <laughs> I think this is a Bulgarian one. There's a Bulgarian one. There it is, local chapter, the Bulgarian local chapter. But what's really significant, I think, about this room is how much it has changed over the years. It's had many stages. I mean, there used to be a stage up here.
2: Yeah, so this this was the rehearsal room. So when Metallica, before they bought the building, they would come here to rehearse. And there was, there was a stage that... Basically took up three fourths of this room, <laughs> and was probably about hip high. And the band would load in through
0: the, the, the through the
2: roll up door, yeah. you know, bring all their cases in here, and then you know Zach and all the you know guitar techs and drum techs or whatever would set up the band's space up here to rehearse. And so, and that was there for a long time, yeah. long time. And he used to gather a lot of equipment. And so, well, yeah. <laughs> and, then, became... and then when and then when they bought the building they left the stage here and then all of saint anger was written and recorded right in front of the, the window the in front window. of the control room and everyone will see that everyone can see that obviously in the Some kind of monster movie and yeah. all the different videos that we've done over the years
0: now when i came on in 2019 this was like it looked like a costco for guitar cases <laughs> it was wall to wall Guitars and basses and instruments. Yeah, this and so,
2: ap, you know, after Saint Anger, you know, the band started accumulating more things. So the, this basically became the storage, storage, storage okay. on the stage. So they had basically
1: racks and racks and racks of guitars.
0: Everything. Yeah. I mean, goosebumps, people, goosebumps. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: And I think also one of the most significant things that's happened in this room uh, since the building opened was uh, obviously the uh, the fan club, the the pandemic gig. That happened in here
2: the oh, oh the yeah. all within my hands within my hands. Yeah. the streaming that was show
0: this room that yes. was this room, oh, oh, this room. So, yeah. so that this was this room so that was that
2: was that's one of the big transformations in this room is the guitars went away to storage the stage went away which yeah. the stage has been in this building for probably over 30 years oh. at that point so yeah. When they decided to do the All Within My Hand show, where are we going to be able to do it where it can be controlled and still stay within COVID policies, yes. blah, 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 blah. Let's do it in Studio A.
1: It was the, uh, I mean, obviously there was the Vineyard stuff that happened but uh, for the movie screens, but I think, that was the most significant... Well, it was one of the two most significant events I remember in this building. Yeah. But it was really a, such a, a groundbreaking moment, not, not yeah. just in terms of COVID and what yeah. was going on, but also for, for everyone connected with yes. the band. People hadn't been... Close to each other. No. People hadn't spoken in the same room. No. The band hadn't played in the same room and it all happened here and, and it was it was crazy, right? I mean it was you it walked was good. in, there was like the it was squared yeah, off. so
2: the idea was to clear this whole room out of everything. I mean, mm-hmm. literally the only thing that was in this room was the drape that you see hanging up on the walls here. Yeah. Nothing on the floor nothing anywhere and then they built video screens right. covering all-, all four walls it was in, it was, it was it, floor, floor to ceiling floor video to s- ceiling. video screens
0: and when you talk about you know first time being all together but the fans and the band could almost be closer because they were speaking directly to fans who were on that wall like you could ask your question and it was like person to person in between songs you're asking a question you don't get that at every
2: world's biggest zoom call
0: (laughs) but it was
1: kind of interesting i remember looking at that and thinking i wonder if this is i mean i is this the future yeah is this how it's going to be of course it's proven not to be the case but it's an they, option they did break ground with the technology yeah. and and it is there, and it's available so yeah this this room this room is very special, I think, for that as much as anything, but it also we talk about the transformation and one of the questions we've had is you know like what happens here you know the, the, what, when the band aren't here are things happening it's like Oof. if you could see the size of this room and the gear that's in here now and you could imagine the gear that was in here before and it all being emptied out and it all being reconfigured again and again and again this is a beast that keeps on moving yeah you know the, wherever the band are this this beast keeps on breathing and living and moving and there's always something going on and I mean, you can answer to that more than anyone, Jeff, there's, right? There's always something
2: going on. There's always projects to work on. Yeah. There's always something new coming up. Yeah. Not and, necessarily new music, but there's always, there's always projects being worked on.
1: So, all right. Well, look, Jeff, thank you very much for helping us walk around the building. I just, My pleasure. Right, Renee? I speak yes, for both of us. With, totally. It's great. Wonderful tour guide. And, uh, you know, I still feel we've only we've barely touched the surface. I mean, we could really super nerd out.
2: Here's the fridge that has the regular drinks.
1: There we go. Regular drinks, like proper, like sodas. Proper
2: sodas. Sodas.
1: Sodas that are bad for you. Normally this is for crew people. Sodas that are bad (laughs) for you. All right.
0: And there you have it, our audio tour of HQ. I think we all learned a little something, and if I can share the words from our producer, Christian, He called HQ the Abbey Road of the American West, which I like very much.
1: Yeah, he was certainly freaking out over that Neve console, wasn't
0: he? Yeah, he was.
1: But it is a fine statement, and it is one that stands the test of analysis, as we have hopefully shown all of you during these last two episodes.
0: We are so glad that you came along for the HQ tour and deep dive these last couple of weeks. Thanks for that.
1: Yeah. Once again, thanks very much to Jeff Yeager for all his assistance. Uh, really, really right appreciated. And thanks to everyone in the HQ building for all the help. You're all royally appreciated and what an important part of the family you are and this building is. And with that, we should probably just let it be and get back to our families. So until next week. See, see ya. ya. The Metallica Report is produced by Metallica HQ, Pantheon Media, and PopCult.
0: If you like what we're doing here, please rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Be sure to visit Metallica.com slash podcast to submit your questions, offer your thoughts, and become a part of this podcast.
0: Copyright 2023. All rights reserved.
1: It's NFL
3: draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football.